What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Monday as we drop this. Let's go. Let's get it going. Hopefully you are off to a strong start this week. Jonathan and I are talking about the art of asking for feedback and the great things that can come from that. He started off uh, the juice by asking 100 marketers for feedback on the vision. He is revisiting that this time around. And I want to dig in, want to know why, what he learned last time and what might be different this time. If you like what we're doing, hit the follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a marketing friend you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the combo. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Excited for this conversation. Been dealing and battling with some kid ailment over here, as it sounds like many people across the nation are right now, according to the Today Show. So coming down with a little bit of a cold, so... We'll get over that, but I'm excited. We're, we're talking about feedback, and I think it's an, a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts if we're in a SaaS business. Um, but then the question is, is how do we obtain that feedback? How do we get people to take time out of their day to share um, what they're thinking and how that can benefit us and our businesses? Jonathan has been through this. It's one of the first things he did before the juice turn the product on and he started hiring people. So we're going to get into that and then revisiting that topic on what he's thinking about in Q4. But I'm done with the setup. Jonathan, feedback. I know it's maybe not a, maybe second to data in terms of your favorite topics, but are you excited about uh, digging into it today? I am. Uh, and I can confirm for all of our listeners that is Brett on the other end of this camera, a few octaves deeper. And I did tell him to take some time off. I'm not <laughs> forcing him through this podcast. So Brett, appreciate the efforts there. Uh, and this is one of my favorite topics. So uh, we'll fight through the uh, cold and sickness and um, hopefully bring some excitement with this uh, podcast topic. Yes, let's get into it. So 100 marketers in 100 days. I've probably heard you say that internally 100 times. How about that? Maybe more. I feel like when I entered the business, uh, the passing of the baton, part of it was, hey, I have this sheet and these are all the people that I talked to and here's all the things that I learned. And it was a good starting point for me. And I think the results of that kind of it were injected itself into you know product decisions, hiring decisions, go to market strategy, motion, a bunch of other things. Let's like rewind the tape a little bit. When you decided to do that, why did you decide to do that? And then I guess that's a lot of people in a short amount of time. What was your plan to get them all to commit to having a conversation with you, knowing that you did not have anything really to offer them outside of teasing them was saying, I'm starting this company and I'm building this thing. I did it because I'm insanely competitive, uh, maybe to a fault. And when uh, I started out of the High Alpha Venture Studio, uh, it's just a step we take uh, in this process to validate the business model is talking to potential buyers or people who fit the same persona as your buyer, even before you have something ready to buy. And uh, when I started and was going through onboarding, I remember they said, oh, well, another CEO did like the most ever. We think she talked to like 76 people in her first hundred days. And I was like, well, I can top that. 
uh, and just uh, aimed for a hundred in a hundred days. I think we ended up doing like 113, 114, something like that, but who's counting? Not me. And uh, yeah, so it was really at that point just to kind of validate the concept and, you know, there wasn't a carrot for them, which I think there's probably some like human psychology (laughs) in that uh, in and of itself is like, I just, I wanted to talk to experts. So I think they all, you know, I think anytime you ask somebody for their opinion or their advice, I think we're all eager to give it. And especially in a situation where what they say is going to influence what we build, what we sell, uh, what problems we solve, how we build a business. I don't know. It was a fun conversation for them. I, I think sometimes it's just cathartic to have those conversations and just a different part of the brain that they get to use as opposed to, you know, maybe... The, the typical meeting structure of the day. So um, I really didn't have much to offer other than just two years and a few questions and uh, some note-taking. And uh, I really enjoyed almost every conversation. When you gathered feedback that I'm sure went into the early stages of products, when you were going into these meetings, did you, did you think about this from the perspective of business development, knowing that these individuals were the right fit for what we were building and we were getting an opportunity to give them a say in what we were building in all likelihood be like, all right, when it's live, here's actually what we build. And here are some of the things that you talked about along the way. Was business development top of mind for you as you're soliciting feedback? Initially, it was not. Uh, mainly because I'm an idiot and I just, I was so focused on like meeting with them and product development that I was like, it didn't even like hit my radar that like, oh, I'm going to need to sell something at some point And this person represents my buyer. But I'd say like 15 conversations in, I started to realize like, wait a second, the pain that everyone's identifying is exactly what we're going to solve. Like, should I like be asked, like, what are the, like, feels like there's next steps here, right? That I wasn't giving in those first conversations. And so pretty quickly, uh, we turned to, I, I talked to some other people in the high alpha model and uh, some other CEOs and uh, just started making the ask for next steps. And then eventually it got to the point, probably when we were 80-ish conversations in, probably not even that far, probably 60 to 70-ish conversations in, uh, we started to get a pretty, like we were hitting, we saw the same themes and trends and the answers we were getting repeatedly. We went at, we had gone ahead and started building at that point, right? And then it got to the point where it's like, okay, instead of just asking for a next meeting or to show you what we're going to be building in the future, let's put together a beta program. Let's just make the ask and say like, hey, would you be interested in a beta program if we had one? Sure enough, you know, at that point, again, they're they're pretty much selling to themselves because they've identified their pain points. You said, we're building to solve those pain points. Like, would you pay, would you be willing to pay for that? And they're like, well, yeah, I at least want to learn more, like keep me posted. And one thing led to another. And we came out of those other, uh, came out of the other side of those hundred conversations with a few beta customers. So maybe another lesson in there that, you know, I think the cliche is if you ask for advice, you get money. If you ask for money, you get advice. And that's really what we were doing early on was just asking for advice. And sure enough, they just, several of those conversations very organically turned into customer conversations. So not necessarily like product feature functionality, but what what did you learn from having this many conversations, knowing that there was an evolution in, um, yeah, we're getting product feedback, but then you said about 15 conversations and you realize this could be a business development um, strategy as well. Like, what did you learn through those conversations that maybe, you know, helped you double down on that point? And then 
going through this idea and knowing what you know now, like maybe what is something or some things that you would change about your approach? Yeah, I would say uh, one of the things that really stood out, and I, I was fortunate, right? I'm a marketer talking to marketers. It'd be different if our buyer was an VP of IT, right? Like that, the conversations would be very different, but marketer to marketer, the conversations were fun that way, I would say. Not that VPs of IT aren't fun, but um, I would say what I realized is like, I think we all in our day-to-day think our problems are so unique and so like, woe is me. Like no one else struggles with this except for me and the business that I work at and my role. But once you start to stack up conversations, I thought we'd go into these conversations. I'd hear a hundred different things from a hundred different marketers. It's really like I heard like three things from a hundred different marketers, right? Like it was shocking and jarring how repetitive the pain points and the problems were. And like the questions we were asking were not leading questions. It was like, what's your biggest pain point? You know? Uh, and then I asked two or three follow-up questions that, and like repeatedly, it was always the same two or three things. And so uh, that's what allowed us to, we kind of hit this law of diminishing returns and feedback, but it allowed us to start building and kind of start inserting that into the conversations and get feedback on that. So I think it, the, the biggest learning for me was just that like same problems I felt throughout my career as what other people had felt too, all with maybe their unique flavor, but the overarching problem was almost identical. So I want to hit on the the ask and just the art of asking feedback was, I guess, w- your approach, I would imagine there were people that you knew and they were in your network. So it was probably easier. I'm guessing there were individuals that were referred to you, which is always nice. But then there's probably a group of people that, you know, you've seen on the internet and you know, have good opinions and you'd love their feedback that you just reached out to cold or, you know, blindly, I guess in those scenarios, like what did you learn is an effective way to, you know, one, reach out and get their attention. And then two, get them to commit to a 15, 30 minute meeting with you. I would just say like, it's not going to work a majority of the time. And I think you just have to be like, it's a numbers game, right? Like just like any outreach, I think you know, I, I, for a hundred meetings, I probably asked three or 400 people, right. For a meeting. And I think the the ways around that are one, like just be human in your outreach. Like, you know, I wasn't again in the outreach. It was a lot of like, Hey, we're building something. We don't know exactly what yet, but we value your opinion. And if you've got 30 minutes to spare, I'd love to hear what you're facing in your role, as opposed to, you know, being some sort of robot with, you know, some sort of script. Uh, I think the other thing is like reach out on social media, like, you know, just don't be robotic with the outreach for sure. That certainly helped. And then the other thing is the people you do know in your network, you know, at the end of the call, ask them who else you should talk to and let them introduce you to somebody. And that's, that's where kind of that next ring of, you know, of the hundred, I probably knew 30 or 40 of them and 30 or 40 of them came from introductions from those 30 or 40. And then 20 or 30 from my own outreach or random LinkedIn, Twitter connections, that sort of thing. So I think it's just leveraging your network and knowing you're going to get no or no response a lot and being creative and human with the outreach. So I think the one big thing that uh, we all can agree on is just like this level of transparency and this level of authenticity. And we've talked so much about like not trying to pull, you know, wool over someone's eyes and just, you know, being upfront. And I think like, I guess like, what is, what is the, 
what have you found? Is it a nat? Just let it happen naturally is the best way that like, and is it case by case? Is it a broader, like, here's my template, my approach, but like, what is the best way that you have found? Cause I'd imagine you're doing a lot of lit. You're asking a question, but you're doing a lot of listening, like knowing that you're reaching out to someone for feedback on the product, knowing when to turn it into, okay, this is a potential opportunity for us in the business and our product. Like what are the types of things do you hear? And like, what is acceptable or I guess on brand, like what is a good way to kind of turn those conversations into kind of a more sales conversation, but at the same time, it doesn't really feel like a sales conversation, if you know what I mean. You'd be surprised how many times I didn't make the ask, but the, the person I was talking to made the ask. Uh, you know, we'd hit on marketing, marketing budget, pain points, content marketing. Um, and like, you know, they'd be talking a lot and like, so it'd be pretty clear kind of what we were, we were doing content marketing platform, uh, help content marketers solve their pain points. And, you know, you'd be surprised at how many times at the end of the call, they'd be like, well, what are you building? Like, what are you doing? And then sure enough, you're like, well, you know, that pain point you just mentioned 10 minutes ago. Yeah. We're building something that solves for that. Here's how we think we're going to do it. But, you know, to be determined, like that happened so much. And that's where I was kind of like, I need to start offering these people something because they're, they're literally selling to themselves at this point. Um, and so that happens a lot. I think again, a lesson in there, like when you just listen and let somebody else be the expert, like how often that kind of gets flipped. And I think just pure curiosity at the end of the call. Well, what are you building? What are you thinking? Like, is this similar to what you've heard elsewhere? Uh, so many times I was led into that conversation, which is great. Uh, I'd say the other way is via follow-up, which sounds really obvious, but I think it does take, you know, getting on a call for 30 minutes and shooting the shit as it regards to marketing, like, isn't that difficult? I think the discipline to prep for that, to have a good note-taking system for that and to follow up to those does take some discipline. And so in follow-up, you know, I think uh, where appropriate, I wouldn't try to turn everyone into a sales, but if they, if they reference the pain point that I knew we were going to be able to solve for, it was, uh, Hey, I know you mentioned, you know, content distribution is a challenge for you. You know, we're building something uh, that's going to help marketers solve that. Do you mind if I put some on the calendar for a month to show you what we've built and see if it would help you solve that pain point? Um, it was a lot of that if they didn't ask on the call or, I mean, let's, be honest, there were a lot of the hundred calls. I'd probably guess 50% that there was no follow-up because either they weren't interested or they weren't a fit for us, or there was just like not that synergy. Um, so like that didn't happen all the time, but where it does it, I think it just either happens very naturally or takes some discipline to make the ask. So I would imagine like in the current state, we're much like everybody else in B2B SaaS right now, where it's, you know, it's the current state of what's happening. It's, it's slowing down. Like budgets are tightened. People are less inclined to talk. So I think finding opportunities to leverage existing relationships to at least have a conversation and see where people are at is something we should all be doing. And I want to get back to like this channel specific outreach and get your feedback on this. But I think, I don't know. I think there's like certainly in every salesperson who's like knocking their quota out of the park right now is going to hear this and say like, well, no shit, dumbass. But like, I think, I think there is like something really powerful with, if you have the relationship instead of like going to the inbox and emailing them and going through that process, just like hitting DMS on LinkedIn, hitting DMS on Twitter 
because any time over the last couple of weeks that I've reached out to existing network to just like revisit a conversation or try to get them connected into what we're doing, it's like five minutes later. Absolutely. Sure thing. Whereas opposed to like AB testing this against the email inbox, it's like you just keep, you get ignored. And I think like, I don't know, like maybe this is where people are spending more of their time. I think it's a lot. I, I ignore, not intentionally sometimes, but I ignore emails all the time because I don't prioritize my time there. So I don't know, like share a little bit of, about your experience in terms of outreach and channel selection. Yeah. I mean, email is great for people you don't know, right? Because there's tools out there that all businesses use to find emails and like you're fighting that noise in the inbox, right? Where if you've, you've made the effort to intentionally connect with somebody on social, uh, there's just less noise to fight against, which is obviously just, again, kind of the, the numbers game. But I also think it's just kind of a more human way to be able to connect with potential prospects or just people to get feedback from. I, I think right now you mentioned this at the start of your question, the the, the greater economy is so difficult for everybody and everybody is feeling that, right? Like that's not just like, oh, our business is feeling this pain right now, or we've got, you know, this seasonality to deal with, like everybody's dealing with it. So I think it's a really like opportune time to just like show some empathy and be like, hey, we're going through this. I'd love to hear what you're going through. I'll share notes on what we're going through. And like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get it on the table. And I think like just that, like empathy and uh, kind of where everybody is at is can be used in a good way right now to just have conversations. So I want to close out with this one in terms of like, I think all of us, like all of us in B2B right now are going through these circumstances, but we all still have jobs to do. And especially if you're in a sales position, like your job is to have conversations and to listen and to sell people your product. So I think people are hitting a wall and struggling with some of the old way and tactics, but I think there's an opportunity here in the way that you've approached 100 markers in 100 days, feedback coming from a place of abundance. I don't know, like what what's your advice on just what you've learned through that experience? And like, do you think there is an opportunity, especially with the current state of the economy to scale that mindset and approach, not, not just like through an individual, but just scale it through kind of an organization or through teams? I do. I think, especially right now, I think the timing Q4 holidays, slower economy, slowing things down. Like I think now is a really good time to just have conversations with prospects and customers that aren't renewals or upsells or selling conversations, but like just pause and listen for a little bit and hope that when we all come out the other side of this thing, that then you'll be able to move faster because you have had those conversations. Uh, we've talked about the hundred markers in a hundred days. And I did that before we launched product. That was almost two years ago now. And I'm doing, trying to do 50 markers now before the end of the year right now, currently. And that is a, uh, that's twofold. One, like I just said, I think it's a good time to be doing it and a good opportunity to use kind of just the current state of everything as he waves his arms around the air, uh, everything going on to just say, we want to listen and come out the other side of this thing stronger. It makes sense for us as a business as well. We're just closing fundraising. So, so that's good. But admittedly, like I did the hundred marketers in a hundred days before we launched. And then you and I have talked about it. I've talked about it a ton about how valuable that was. And I hadn't done a good job of building a habit around those conversations. So this 50 marketers before the end of the year is like a good forcing function for me. But I think for everybody, it's like, okay, how do you not just make these like fires that you want to fight? Like 
when it's convenient, but how do you actually build habit and routine around these conversations and make them a part of your kind of weekly process? That's something I'll be thinking about far into the future. Just one final, final, give anyone out there who's listening, who is in a similar spot, who wants to get started, what is like the first step? Like what is one thing that um, someone out there who wants to get started using kind of this approach, what should, how should they be thinking or a piece of advice there? I would say do your interview script, if you will. And like, I tell everyone I get on the call with, I'm like, hey, these like I have scripted questions and this is going to feel way more informal than I intend for it to. But it's just a good way to for me to organize my thoughts and my notes. And like, it's totally cool and everyone gets it. But I think that'll if you can interview the or if you can um, organize the questions you want to ask, I think that'll make the outreach that much easier as opposed to just saying uh, as opposed to just saying that. Hey, I'd, I'd love to learn more about your role. I think actually understanding like, Hey, I want to learn more about your pain points, or I want to learn more about the tech that you're using, or, uh, it'll make the ask that much direct and it'll ultimately make the interviews that much stronger. And I'll give a bonus piece of feedback and I, or a bonus piece of advice. I know this is advice I've given previously, but if you're asking about pain points or like really anything, whatever the critical thing is you want to get out of the conversation, ask two follow-up questions. And that was advice that was given to me. I think, you know, first question, you're going to get surface level. Second question, you dig a little bit deeper. Third question on that topic, you're going to get like an emotional kind of visceral reaction. Just keep picking at it. So that's, I ask pain point, you know, you'll get something lame, like, oh, I don't have enough time. It's like, well, no shit, me neither. Uh, Why don't you have enough time? Well, because I'm doing all of this. Well, if you weren't doing all that, what would you spend that time doing? Oh, well, I would do this. Well, what if we could help you do that? Right. Like, I think like you just have to keep picking at whatever it is you want to go. And that was always uh, that unlocked a lot of really good stuff for me because I used to, you know, first 10, 15 interviews. It's like, what's your greatest pain points? Like, I don't have enough time. Like, all right, great. On to the next question. Um, And that's not really helpful. But I think those those layers deeper are so helpful. Ask the next follow-up question. Well, well, hey, I know you come on here regularly and it's routine, but once those 50 conversations are done, we need, we're going to need a recap. So make sure you take some good notes, document the experience, and we can share out what you learned this next time around with all the loyal listeners of Modern Day Marketer. I'll turn this content into more content. That's for sure. <laughs> Go content. All right, Jonathan. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Brett. Hopefully you all enjoyed that and learned one thing or two that you can take back with you in your roles. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back more modern day marketer with a marketer that matters this Friday. Check out the episode. Take care.